Hey everybody, thanks for coming back to this week's episode of Music the Bed of Life. I'm kind of excited today because I have an interesting point of view to talk with today. This is going to be a little bit out of what one might consider the norm, but I'm not going to tell you what this person does currently. We're going to talk about what they what they got into in their earlier days. And then if you listen all the way through to the end, there might be some opportunity knocking. So I just wanted to bring into this podcast today someone's uh, view, point of view of some music and the industry that I don't think we've heard yet. So let's get down to it. Hey, Mike, how are you doing this evening? Wonderful, Tony. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm very excited. In case you don't recognize that voice, if you're local, you probably have heard this voice before, but this is Michael Del Prix. And like I said, if you listen to the end, I'm going to introduce a little more about him that you, you might find some opportunity knocking. Uh, so today, I want to talk about your past life. I understand that I hear from a little birdie that you used to be a producer in the area. Okay. Well, past life, I'm still in the same one, Tony. <laughs> I, I haven't been reincarnated yet, all right? So slow down. Um, so, yes, but you could say that, right? As we grow and time, got, uh, time goes, we do evolve. So I am somewhere where I never thought I would be. <laughs> So, based on where I started, so. And, so. You, and you know what? I am actually going to cut you off on that part right there, because when we, when we talk about going back to where you started, I always like to ask this question. Mm -hmm. So, this will get the, the music flowing. When you were as young as you can remember, mm -hmm. when was the first time you heard music and you realized you were listening to music and you weren't necessarily like paying attention to it, but you heard music and that goes back as far as you can remember. Wow. Good one. Very good one. If I could say, um, right off the top, I would probably say, uh, the Beatles. Uh, my uncle was a diehard Beatles fan, you know, and, and, and I lived underneath my grandma, oh, my grandmother's basement area, right? And mm -hmm. then it was back east in Connecticut. So that's normal compared to here in Arizona. And um, he lived uh, he lived with my grandparents. So his room was above my room. And all you heard was the music. <laughs> so, so I remember that very early age. How, how early do you think that was? I would probably say I was in... Probably like I was in first grade when I lived in there. So yeah, man, probably like what's that? Seven six. ish, six seven ish. Six, seven, yeah, yeah, and, and um, yeah, he loved. Yeah, so yes, um, I had some uncles that loved the music. So yeah, that, that's a good question, man. No one ever asked me that. <laughs> and, and I and, like it. Yeah, that, that always gets the brain going because you start thinking about. When and then the next question is then after you started hearing it, now did you start paying attention to it because you liked the Beatles or you didn't like the Beatles and you wanted to move on from that and you sought out some other music? I would say you know it was just always around, right? Because like um, the uncles, like my mom had you know seven, eight brothers and sisters, right? So just it, living underneath my grandmother's, you saw a rotation of everybody, cars pulling in. So you always heard, always there was always music involved, I would say. But where uh, music started to, to play in is like, you know, my parents would go out on the weekends a, a lot and I would, I would get uh, stuck with my, my cousins who would babysit me, so to speak, mm -hmm. if that's what you call it. And mm -hmm. they, they would be partying too inside the house while they should be babysitting. <laughs> so, so I would say that kind of rolled into like um, uh, Bon Jovi and uh, Iron Maiden and Ooh. like that. Kind. So my uncles were a little older, so you had like the Doors and the Beatles and then the next generation under my older cousins that would be babysitting, they're doing, um, you know, the hair band movement, I would say, is, is what I was exposed to. So I probably started listening 
at that time when I when I was like, oh, I want to be cool. I want to be like my cousins <laughs> or whatever. So I paid attention at that level. So so you liked Inagata DeVita, huh? No, I don't know who that is. Inagata DeVita? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's gone back too far. I don't maybe, know. Maybe. maybe. Iron Maiden, you said you, you liked. I think that was Iron. I think that was Iron Maiden. I, I see names like when it comes to like, you know, just like sport. I like sports and everything, but like I, I don't know the, the, the stats and, and yeah. the, you know, but the music, like I wouldn't even probably like the names of the songs. I probably wouldn't be like, you know, somebody can, but I'm not always never been that detailed, but I like the music for yeah. sure. No, I get it. I get it. That's actually what, you know, this is all about. The, the, the fact that no matter where you are or what you're doing, music always makes it to your ears. It does. Doesn't mean you're listening. Doesn't mean you like it. But it's always getting to your ears somehow. Even if no music's on, you got music playing sometimes, <laughs> right? Right. I know. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I haven't even pulled that one out yet. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, because I've heard people, seen people dancing around. I'm like, you're hearing something. <laughs> yes, they, yes, yes, yes. Cool, um, what did you do as a so that was first grade did you guys have music in school or anything like that yeah 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 um miss oh what was her name she was a very phantom of the opera fan so it was always uh that was a big influence in music class i would say is the the music teacher always had um was always talking about phantom of the opera if that's something but yeah there's like there there was there was music i don't really know much i remember singing like altos and sopranos right in school mm -hmm. but um i probably wouldn't say i took a liking um to like the instruments as much the only time i ever got in that world probably when i got it i would probably say maybe nine or ten I was taking guitar lessons, so I did like the guitar world, mm -hmm. um, and I played that for a while. So I, I, I did that. You know, I don't even know how long, but I'd never. I wouldn't say I was uh, uh, the best at it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe played the national anthem and some like kids songs, but uh, kind of withered away. Well, you know that happens. That's yeah. one of those things um, people get introduced because back in the day music was there it wasn't like an option it was just part of i think third grade you know fourth grade one of those what what one thing that brings back to me what i do like something i could say from playing the guitar is like there's that feeling of um like a expression maybe it was that i feel that like i, I think about sometimes mm -hmm. you know because when you're playing the chords and you kind of got like a real song down like it just felt good or it felt like you're releasing uh something good or it was a good mm -hmm. moment so i do remember those times as a kid um and wish i was like hey i wish i kept up with that yeah even yeah. as a hobby yeah yeah uh, uh, there's a lot of guitarists out there i think that would would like to do that i mean you know i play flute and there's a whole bunch of flutists out there who have picked it up and put it down so uh, I am not one of those. I kept going. However, there's a lot more I could have done that I wished I had done mm -hmm. with it. But that's okay. We get what we get. Yeah, it is. So, you, so where did you grow up? I grew up in Waterbury, Connecticut. So back east, um, born and raised. I was, the, you know, yes, that's where, where I grew up, man. Connecticut. Connecticut. Yes, sir. Well, I, I happen to know you are a long way from Connecticut right now. <laughs> How did you Very. migrate to here, to Arizona? Well, just, you know, growing up through through school, you know, I'd probably say I was more on the, um, let's say, <laughs> a get in trouble kind of kind of kid. <laughs> so <laughs> so my, my dad's sister lives out here or, or you know, lives out here, so... Uh, we got the invite, you know, to come out here. So I had the opportunity to see a different world in a different light uh, than the environment I was in in Connecticut. So um, that was probably that fast forward last year of high school um, is what got me out to Arizona. Mm -hmm. Did the did the uh, weather shock hit you hard? <laughs> you know, I visited once. I would probably say. Um, before, 
but it was it wasn't it was like in the cooler time of the year you know for a oh, wedding yeah. um I re- yeah i remember driving down the i-17 we drove here you know and i remember say on the thermometer or the temperature gauge was 117 <laughs> as we pulled into phoenix so um yeah it was, it was like <laughs> i was like is that broken <laughs> what's <laughs> what's going on here you know you, you sent me down here to roast didn't you <laughs> yeah i didn't expect that yeah so how how long did it take you before you started getting into um, some of the area music that uh, you know, when when did that and how did that happen? You know, if I can go backwards, now you got me thinking. So I'm you know I've as we'll talk about later. I I'm used to being on podcasts and stuff like this, and this is a, a brush a fresh breath or breath of fresh air (laughs) for me because you're taking me down something I never talk about. So um, if I was to say exposure to music, it really, I just thought about this right now is my neighbor in Waterbury. um, His nickname was the world's worst drummer. He was, he was like a local, you know, local dive bar, um, whatever sensation, if you want to call it like, like everybody knew him. He played the drums everywhere. He was at all the rock concerts, right? He's, uh, you know, this guy would be on, we'd go, he's literally across the street from my house. He always had roadies. He, his whole garage was filled with bands and, and speakers or music equipment. Um, so he'd always, I remember he bought a yellow, a used yellow bus and <laughs> he took out all the seats and then he would, that was how he would go from gig to gig that's how i remember learning the word gig he's just like got a gig this weekend mike see if your parents can come you guys wrap up the wire he always i'm like 12 and this guy wants to take me to bars um they're smoking joints in the front yard and it's just like uh just all black leather jackets you know so i was so that's truly um what started to expose me to that was a tiny little after i started playing the guitar like that whole world so he's all he was always going to concerts like this guy would he was just like a hustler so he'd be calling uh he'd always win tickets on the radio mm-hmm. and then he's always hitting on the young girls <laughs> he was just like total craziness you see him in a movie man but um that that was it man that was the true exposure man to the band life that sparked you yeah man and he actually i remember then as i was like going into high school we started like throwing parties so it's like so he, we would take my dad's truck, we'd load up his equipment, and he would, just cause so he could hang around the the younger crowd, right? He would mm-hmm. be like, you can use my equipment, and I'll just set it all up, and I'll just hang out, you know? And then, so he would come to our parties. We would throw, like, the best parties. We have a DJ set up. I so, bet. <laughs> you know, so and we'd start charging people to get in. So now you got me thinking, man, this is how it all happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, um at least that's where you learn the start of it, right? It got exposed to it, man. Yeah, so that that was it. That that's how I started rolling into the music world. Nice. So then you had that before you came out here. What year ish was that? That was like probably mid nineties, early nineties. Because I left, I think in ninety seven to Arizona. So and I was in high school. So, um, you know, from that thirteen to. 17 12 13 to 17 range you know mm-hmm. middle end of middle school early high school um it was that's what was going on yeah I, and i asked that because i'm trying to maybe identify who might have been here when you got here uh that i could see if you knew but you'll probably tell me before i get to that <clears throat> so you rolled out came out here to live and that was high, uh, after high school or during high school? During last year of high school. Last year of high school. And you went to school here for that last year? Yes. Okay. Did you get into any music? Did I get ye Okay. So like classes, band, choir, do you sing? Oh no, 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 not that. No, none of that. <laughs> so so okay, so how it kind of went back in the high school years in Connecticut we used to take the train down to New York City, and I would go to like all the festivals, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so you're out there uh, at the festivals, and what I would see would be like street team uh, groups, 
from the record labels. So they all had like all the swag, the clothes, the CDs, the stickers, the posters, and they're just lighting up all the the festivals promoting the next album for whatever Mm -hmm. artist they're pushing for those labels. So I say that because you're asking me when I got out here, did I get into any music? I didn't through high school or anything, but I started going, I immediately started going to all concerts because I didn't know anybody, I didn't know what to do, but I knew music and i would go to concerts back east and so in the festival so i just started going to the concerts in phoenix like club rio mm. on in tempe that's <laughs> that that's when i which is no longer there right, right. So, um that that's when i first saw another street team oh uh-huh. so that's what kind of got me into my world so so define street team from here again tell me tell me what that means again so a record label will it's the marketing department, right? So there's a marketing department. And there's all these different avenues of promoting artists, right? So we're the boots on the ground, so to speak. So the street team is a, a group of interns that, well, there, there's paid ways around it, which we could talk about if you want. But like, basically, there's a leader that gets paid by the record label. He goes out into that city and then the markets that the, the labels want to be in. Phoenix was a decent sized market. I don't think Phoenix ever got the credit of la Mm -hmm. you know new york of obviously but um so they so there would be a friend of mine days so he had a street team here he worked for multiple labels and he would get paid every month by the labels then he would get people that are new like me or interns that want to go out there to all the concerts and then we pass out stickers flyers posters and we expose the music to the public before the before it drops Mm mm-hmm so that was like your your internet. One hundred percent. Yeah, there was no internet. It was all flyers. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. just flyers on your car windshield. Flyers right? on the telephone poles. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> so you if you if you see an abandoned building, you see like a hundred big ass posters. Uh-huh. That was us. If you're on the freeway, you saw posters on light poles. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? That that that's literally was us. Okay. So the, ah, the street team. I got it. Exactly. It's on the ground. So you started doing that here for as an intern. Correct. Then what happened? You know, you just keep it's so much fun, right? You know, you're I'm I'm what, seventeen, eighteen, and I'm going I get into all the concerts for free. Whether it's a small local one to celebrity theater to cricket pavilion, whatever it was, we got in for free. And and everyone you know, being young, you got all the attention, right? Because you had all this free stuff or you had the the T-shirts with the, you know, the artist name on it with the record label logo, Universal, Columbia, Ruckus Records, you name it. Um, you just kind of got that attention. So we would get on stage. So it's like it was just a whole nother perspective in life. So I just kept doing that because – kept getting better at it and we would kept getting more record labels uh you know to pay us to do it wow that's pretty that's pretty cool way to make some money yeah it wasn't like big well for me you know the the pay was getting into the you know the the, the partying yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it was like I, I got to you know get a little bit of money here and there but like uh it was you know i didn't have i was young so you know mm-hmm. you know so but that got you into free concerts and and all those things oh, you would have had to pay for. So it's kind of indirect payment. Yeah, and, and the relationships, right? So, like, I go to um, any club, right? You get to talk to the DJs because you got to get them records mm-hmm. to spin, right? Mm-hmm. You get to go to the radios. You meet everyone at the radio station. You meet, um, you meet the concert promoters, right? You be the people bringing the artists into town. When the artists come to town, you get to hang out with the artists – on their tour bus whatever it is right so you 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 get yours in that that world Uh uh-huh yeah yeah because you so you're you're kind of well not kind of you're you were representing the labels Mm -hmm. that these people wanted to get on to right like um, or like new like say some new artists were out there could they want to contact you after they saw what you were doing one hundred percent. Get yeah. So. I would get flooded with C- yo. Listen to my demo. Listen to my shit. <laughs> yeah. I I would have like a thousand CDs of just like 
you know, not the most appealing music to the ears. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I get it though, man. Everyone's trying to get on and get heard. Yeah, I appreciate you, that. Well, nowadays it's almost like you you can't get away from it because people can just post and publish yeah. their, their own stuff. Period. And whether it's good or bad, it's going up. This is fun, man. I, man, I just remember, yeah, remember burning CDs, <laughs> right? And buying all the jewel cases. And, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, all the, yeah. Duplicating. You had a, probably had a duplicator, did you? I had all that, man. Yeah. That's People were fun. probably coming to get you. Do you have any of those left? I, you know, I don't, no. But I was at, you know, to go further into our, when we talked later, I was in a house yesterday. Where I think I saw it. I saw this big old get. It was like an old house mm-hmm. um, where someone passed away. And no one lives there right now. So it's like I saw this old, like even the um, the older the uh, the tape. It had the tape on it. At not cassette. It had a cassette tape player and then it had the big wheel. The reels. Real the reels. Reel. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, this, this got to be. Someone would appreciate this. <laughs> I still have a reel to reel. And a cassette. There and you go. An eight track. You, I'm sure you'd appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't take a picture. I should have took a picture for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those were the days, man. Uh, that was uh, better than than vinyl to me. Uh, oh wow! Because you could you could if you ran that if you happen to have a machine that went 15 ips, which is inches per second, um, that was like headroom for days when you when you recorded onto it <clears throat> you could just really push it and it never distorted or anything so you had that number one number two if you had a pretty pristine vinyl to pull from in the first place that means it stayed pristine no scratches mm. you know as time went on so it, i felt like those people that had those were the rich people <laughs> uh see i think i just like where where I fell into the music and from the promotion side and started seeing the back end of it, I think like Pro Tools, mm-hmm. if I think that's what it called, mm-hmm. maybe it like just came out or that was like the rich people had that like Pro Tools and the Korg. I remember we bought the oh, Korg, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, all that stuff. So yeah, I never dealt with the tape at all <laughs> or saw or had to at least. Not even, you had DATS? Did you have DATS? I guess that's tape no. too, but it's still digital. Yeah, I don't re, you know that wasn't really my part of the world, but I you'd be you know, being in studios, you know. But um, yeah, I wouldn't know personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the fun part. I mean, that's when I started getting into it because I had a friend when I came down here to go to school at uh, ASU. <clears throat> uh, I hooked up with the drum section, and in the drum section was a an individual shouts to Brian. He uh, got me hooked into reel to reels and and just doing music the cool way. I mean, I, I it's not about me today. It's about you. But I got stories. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do, man. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, it was fun. So during your concert promotions, who who or these people calling you up and starting to hit you up or just in doing your street team jobs, who were some of the people you ran into artist wise? Oh man. It was, so a lot of our stuff was more around, um, hip hop. So, uh, I would say like, man, who, who, who didn't we, man? Like I hung out (laughs) with Wu Tang, Warren G, Trick Daddy, um, man, who's off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of, not too Rat. many people get to hit those people. Man, man, like any major concert, man, Cypress. Man, we hung out with Cypress Hill here in Phoenix. We, Okay, so kind of like you get to meet all these people. Um, what's the other guy? Whitey Ford. What's that guy's name? Um, from uh, House of Pain. Was it House of Pain? House of Pain. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, I know what you're talking about, but like yeah. you said, uh, names, not so yeah. much. Like you, yeah. So just like anyone, because here's what let happened. Me, let me Google it. They would come through with the major tour, or they would come through with the local concert promoter, right? So I got to deal with any and every concert. Rage, uh, Rage Against Machine. Um, that was a great concert. Uh, I don't know if you remember Gangstar. You know the hip hop group. Um, no. 
no all right so it's, anyways like just if it was hip-hop oriented mm-hmm. i was most likely at that concert or met them i got um and now I'm thinking about all the pictures, not digital pictures, all, all from the uh, disposable. Oh yeah, from the <laughs> you know the little uh, the insta instamatic. Yeah, man. So I got ton, <laughs> tons of that stuff. So so that that leads you to meeting like the concert promoters, and then you start meeting the concert promoters because they're like, oh, you're promoting for the record label, promote for my show because they want to sell tickets. So you start dealing, so you get to meet not only the record label people, now you start meeting just the local, the, the concerts coming through town. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you know, so you meet all the concert promoters. So uh, that's kind of, so it's just any and everyone, I mean, most deaf to live quality. I don't know that that rings You met a bell. most deaf? Yep, most deaf to live. Karis one and hung out with him. Guru? Uh, Is that who you were thinking of? Uh, guru as in, yeah, Guru from Gangstar. Yeah, yeah. man, I, I got video with that guy. Yeah, he was a good guy, man. I actually uh, common. I played basketball with common a couple times, dude. The roots. <laughs> Come on, thought. give me some stories. You must man. have some stories here. Uh, like, like what kind of stories? When you were hanging with these guys, nothing crazy. It's not like you know. Okay, I had. Um, was, oh, you ever hear of the magic show in Vegas? It's not a real magic show, but it's a clothing convention. Uh, nope. So. Okay, man, man, it just made me think about, you remember, you never hear, you know, Eminem, you remember mm-hmm. hear of his, his group D12? Vaguely, I remember. So, so he had a group called D12, and Proof was Eminem's best friend who got killed. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to come out here and hang out, so yeah, we used to hang out with them. Man, you, st- yeah, dude. <laughs> you, like, you were, you were hanging, you were the man back then. I went to in the Vegas. So Vegas is a clothing convention. So like Polo Hill figure, mm-hmm. all these people or these companies, they go to Vegas called, called the Magic Convention, and they would set up their fancy booths, right? And they would then all the clothing buyers around the world fly into Vegas. They meet all the Tommy Hill figures, the Polos, the coaches, and they order their supplies for the year, and they get to look at all the you know apparel and touch it and what happened was when in the, in the early in the mid 90s late early 2000s that's when like streetwear were, was coming around like you know uh, fubu mm-hmm. fat farm mm-hmm. all that stuff was k- kicking off so they started going to the magic show so what comes with that so when diddy diddy had his clothing line mm-hmm. um so when they all start getting their booths at the magic show they start hosting after parties so therefore uh. All the record labels start coming, and the music scene starts. It, it blew up the Magic Convention, so we used to go every year, drive up to Vegas, yeah. and um, then, man, yeah, dude, I was sitting next. To Lisa Left Eye Lopez, oh. I remember, yeah, dude, her Nas. I remember Nas was like uh, walking. I was walking like face to face, walking towards Nas, and uh, you know everyone's drunk everywhere, right? So it's just like. <laughs> I didn't even. Nas just had that grill on his face, like, like I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna ask his bodyguard for a picture." <laughs> and, and Nas looked at me. He was like, "Nah." It's <laughs> like, like, you know. So it was. Um, but then he performed that night, and then uh, he was so drunk, like, yeah, they had to shut the show down. Like it was just like he just random stuff like that, you nice, know. Nice, nice. Good times, man. So yeah, anyone, everyone. If I sat here and thought about it. Yeah, I met a lot of people, man. So yeah, you did, and I'm guessing then that's how you got into doing your own concerts and yep, exactly management. What, you know, how how were you doing management? How were you getting bands? What were you doing? So when I moved out here, I, I love life, man. I, like things like things happen organically, right? If you pay attention, and yeah, you, you, something like a lot of stuff I'd realized I missed out on, but. So when I moved out here and I came to school, there I met a group of kids. Um, they were, you know, they were into hip hop and they were always in ciphers and rapping and all that stuff. And and I was doing my street team thing, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like, then one day I, I gave them a ride for whatever reason, and um, I used to listen to Redman, and their favorite thing was Redman, right? So we just clicked. They're in a different from a different school and everything, in a different neighborhood, but we just clicked but they're like oh we rap i'm like all right cool you know whatever and then uh, we just started hanging out so then i was like you know what 
I talked to one of um, uh, the promoters I was working for. He did the hip-hop shows. It was TMC, Tyree Michael Carter. He was big out here at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was bringing it. He brought Ghostface and Raekwon of Wu-Tang. Uh, I think it was the Pompeii. Remember Pompeii? I do remember Club the Pompeii name. I, I remember the name, yeah. All right. So, so anyways... I was like, hey, I got this group. They were good. They were talented, right? They were actually, they, compared to most up-and-coming people, right? So mm-hmm. I gave the demo to the concert promoter because I was passing out flyers. I was working for him. So I had the inside connection. So I got the group on to, to open up for Raekwon and Ghostface. So, and that just like put our, and being from the North Phoenix area, we had, you know, they were popular kids, right? So mm-hmm. they they were able to fill up the room. I think we sold like a hundred tickets, right? And right there, the promoters like, oh, I don't care how good these guys are, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> you got a hundred people in this place. So, um, and that's what happens with new groups. They'll sell tickets to all their friends and family. Yeah. Um, but whatever, since they had talent, they had the hustle. All of us together, right? And they had the talent and the hustle, so we were able to do well. Had a crowd there for us, and then the people there that didn't know of us like the music and saw the crowd so they were like oh you know maybe i should know who these guys are <laughs> right you don't want to miss out so that got us got them a buzz and that organically made me like the manager mm. you know so then there you go so everyone knows we could bring a crowd we have decent music let's get them on other shows and it right. snowballs uh, how long did you do that or how big did that get that got so. And, and it, what year is this about? Let's get early two thousands. Early two thousands. Probably like ninety nine to two thousand five. Like you know, and remember, we're young twenty, early twenties. Like we're not, you know, we're this is fun. Yeah. Right. This is in business. <laughs> try, try, you're trying to make it business. Uh, so what? It just snowballed into two, and doing to more and more opening up for more shows. Uh, that led to like fast forwarding. Um, we actually were we were told <clears throat> this was by we did this. Remember the Brick House on Jackson? Yes, I do. So we, we were the first hip hop group, our first local band ever. They said to sell that place out. So we had over eight hundred people come to our first album release party. Yeah, and that's a, that was a big venue too. Yeah, because you probably packed that in. Like we sold out venues, like so we're like, yo, why are we going under a concert promoter? <laughs> you know what I mean? We're like, why don't we throw our own show? So as our group, uh, Cutthroat Logic, I don't know if you guys, you know, for everyone listening, uh, we we started throwing our own concerts. So we got rid of the promoter. Mm-hmm. So you know, so they're now managing and promoting, right? And um, yeah, that 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 was key, man. So. And yeah, Justice was the main rapper of that group. Deontay made the beats. Tunde was rapped. So everyone had like their key skill. I don't know how to tap, but I know if I keep talking about how dirty it is out here. Someone will finally clean it up. Clean it up. Clean it up. Fake can't exist in my reality. Some secret she death to bring trust to its fatality. My bank account need more calories. So I got three hustles, no cap in my salary. At times I'm unstable, like nuclear reactors. Could blow at any moment, like nothing else matters. My life is raw, like Eddie Murphy and purple leathers. Sipping wine with a dime, full moon jacuzzi weather. Her name is Sheila, Pinot Grigio drinker. She told me stories when she was young, how her father beat her. In the room and keep her for days at a time, he leave her. Then return with some candy, like he had caught amnesia. Then he kiss her, hug her, touch her like they were lovers. Then she asked, Are you cool with your baby mother? And when you rhyme, do you keep your daughter in mind? Do you try to teach her? Is it all about the dollar I want it all, you should know. Um, you know, but even Justice today, um, you know, we haven't talked in years, but he actually runs uh, the Arizona Hip Hop Festival. So oh, okay. he's, he's still in the world. So he's still throwing festivals in Phoenix. Uh, but we, but kind of that transition of throwing our own concerts which brought like other bands wanting to be managed uh we actually for the those in the heavy metal world this all all the buzz led to being on a uh an album with soulfly mm. so soulfly was max cavalera he started the group he was with Sep- him and his brother were started sepultura which is which even bigger than they soulfly so we got the actually if you oh man what was the name of the song um 
<laughs> if you go to Soulfly's album Primitive, let me pull it up. Uh-huh. Primitive. We were on two songs actually. Um, in memory of. In memory of. So, um, so we were on that album. That was a gold-selling album. Yo, life's where it wants me dead. It tries to collect my breath as ransom. In turn for my soul silhouette. How deep shit get? Is it worth the Bentleys and Jets? And this jungle of sheer cons and devils with breasts. I mean, does everything happen for a reason? The change of seasons, even slugs screaming to stop you from breathing. It seems we're all a target in this marsh pit. The world be spinning lopsided. That's why I have my logic. We are, we are. We did a bunch of tour dates in, in, you know, on the West Coast, you know, which allowed us to open up for Cypress Hill in, uh, in L.A. So, like, we had opportunities like that. So, we're at those festivals um, with Cypress Hill. Yeah, so it just brought about we're in magazines. We got published on a lot of things, interviews, you know. So, it was a cool little little gig. So, yeah, in memory of... Um, was the so we we're on that album you got i forgot the the producer of this album but i guess he was pretty famous too we you know at that time i'm you know i don't know i'm just hanging out with this guy you have no idea <laughs> he's like a famous guy and it's like you're just happy to be there yeah <laughs> you didn't know what you were getting into you were just getting into it huh exactly but you kind of seem like you've always had a business sense you know, oh, I should not not business entrepreneurial sense. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, I don't know what it was, man. I guess so. Yeah, I always wanted to be a bit in business. Remember wanting to be a businessman when I was a kid, but I didn't know what that meant or yeah, right. how that how that works. So they didn't teach that in school, not elementary anyway, or high school. Well, somewhat not really. So here's what I was doing, right? So you got to look at it like, yeah. So now that I. I, I was, I was throwing our own concerts. I was working for the record labels, um, and then managing the band. And then I had another friend from Connecticut who wanted to start a t-shirt company. So he moved out here. We started a t-shirt company. So I had my band wear the t-shirts, and we sold the t-shirts at the concerts that we were throwing. <laughs> the first swag. <laughs> yeah. So first so we were, merch. Yeah, we were selling the merch for the band, and we started selling. They would wear our other clothes, so, so we we had the. I was running clothes out of there. Yeah, man, we sold thousands of T-shirts. Man, yeah, it was just. Uh, yeah, it was cool. Is this is this uh, putting a smile on your face? You remember? Yeah, reminiscing yeah. a little bit. Yeah, man, it's cool. So yeah, you know, if I was to sum it up, like we got to the point, or actually, you know that dude, uh, uh, Jamie Kennedy, the uh-huh. actor comedian. Uh huh. So he had a movie called, um, was that White Rapper one? Uh, I don't even remember the name that he, uh, something about, man, Jamie Kennedy. He had a movie anyways, right? So mm. basically, and he had a contest online. And one of the guys in the group that we're ma- managing, Malibu's Most Wanted. <laughs> Malibu's Most Wanted. Yeah. So So... <laughs> He had a contest, and one of the guys in my group won the contest, a rap contest, and they flew us out to uh, to L.A. for the red carpet. <laughs> really? And he got the rap on the red carpet at nice. the movie, and like literally, man, I'm sitting, I'm in this private room or you know, the hangout, whatever, with the Wayne's brothers. Really? Yeah, dude. Like uh, <laughs> there's these actors, I know their faces. I don't even know. Um, What's the guy? That guy uh, used to be married to Roseanne. Oh, uh, the big guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You know, all these guys. It was random Hollywood I people. And I remember the uh, we were talking to producers, and they're like, "You guys need to be." We're like, "We want to move to L.A." She and she was like, "You guys need to be a big fish in a small pond. Then you come to L.A." And that's what we did. And we uh, went back, yeah. and we were like became the big fish in a small pond. And then we're, you know, we are at a point where we should have moved to L.A. <laughs> As you can see, where the story starts to deteriorate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, didn't man. didn't want to make that move, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, you know, it's multiple people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I had this like set up, man, literally, because we were selling so many T-shirts. I don't know if you ever heard of um, American Apparel, but. 
this is what's great about relationships, man. So it's like, and in, in, in the music business, it, it's gift of gab, it's moving and shaking, right? It's yeah. Hollywood talk. Uh, so it's like, from doing ordering so many clothes, American Apparel became one of the biggest t-shirt companies in the world, right? Like, and I was ordering clothes from them when they first started, and they were the first company to like start making like different type of apparel t-shirts. So um, they were getting popular, but I, remember, I'm working with a customer service rep, and I'm this young kid just trying to sell t-shirts. <laughs> but that that rep was growing up the ranks as they grew because they were mm-hmm. growing fast. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting all of a sudden I know that like this executive type person and I was like, Hey, I want to sell t-shirts in LA and bring my band out there. He's like, I got you a job. I was like, Oh, okay. So like, cool. I'm covered. I got a job. <laughs> if I go out there, he's telling me neighborhoods, he sent me apartment listings and all this. And, um, but then you got like, you know, three group members, a DJ, you know, and then you got a partner on the, the clothing. So that's a lot of people to all up and go or right. all these different areas of life yeah. situations. Uh, in short, you know, not everyone was ready to make that move for multiple different reasons. Yeah, that's understandable. You know, so, you know, so then you just start, then you stay here, right? And you try to make things happen, but you don't only get so far, you know? But people, you did do some touring, yeah yeah man we yeah we've done like you know local or yeah west coast kind of stuff and but it did never like i think that move we had to go i think we had to go to la man yeah yeah i think we're just at that point because you didn't have the internet it, it was like right before the internet man like so, yeah. myspace was out i think and that was it yeah you had to go there to get to take that next step that's at least it was the thought at the time. And was that know? a scary step? Was that why you think you didn't go? Oh, I, I would have went. But I wasn't going to go by myself. Just what, like, I, yeah. I'm not the rapper. Couldn't say. <laughs> you know what, I'm like, what? You're not? Yeah, you know, maybe. Oh, hey, you know, I got looking music. back, <laughs> I, I, I could take the responsibility and say, hey, I could have went and just started making connections and, you know, saying, hey, come out for this, come out for that. Mm-hmm. You know. What do you, you don't? It's, it's all in what they say. Hindsight, you like look back up. Oh, maybe I could have yeah. done it that way. It's you know, twenty twenty. Yeah, man. Twenty twenty. So, so I, I, um, I hear. Well, first, let me ask this question: Did you ever meet Alice Cooper? Because he was here. Did you ever get into his circle anywhere? Alice Cooper. I would say. I'm trying to think if I've ever. Per- no, I, I have. I have not met Alice Cooper, man. Um, I'm trying to think who I met. You know Live Nation, well, not Live Nation, but um, man, I've forgotten his name as well. There's, you know that big concert promoter out here that does all the. I think he used to work for Live Nation, but he's one of the biggest concert promoters. I should have been prepared with all these names for you, man. That's okay. I probably would remember his name too if if we talked long enough. Um, but I, I used to know of the names, but I, you know, it's not my world, so I didn't. Oh, Danny Zalesko. Oh. So he's a big, one of the biggest promoters. He knows like every rock star. So um, I know I've met him quite a few times. Um, yeah, man. Like, yeah, I wouldn't say I know Alice Cooper. No. <laughs> I wouldn't say it. No, but, say you, it. but you did meet John Lennon's son. To met John Lennon's son with Soulfly and that producer, <laughs> if I can remember his name. <laughs> man, I met the Mason Jar. I know we were talking about, I used to throw concerts at the Mason Jar. I was there all the time, which is local in Phoenix. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the kind of a place where the bands, they, on the, on the come up, they swung by the Mason jar and on the way down, mm. they came at the Mason, they came back to the Mason jar. <laughs> so, you know, I met Ice-T, you know, he, him uh, and Coco a bunch yeah. of times, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. So looking back, like saying all that, like, you know, you're just on the run. I didn't understand the importance of building relationships, man, and keeping them. Even keeping I'm, them. Yeah. yeah. Like now looking at my current life and business, like, yeah, man. Like if I knew what I knew today, so now I'm using what I know today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to, but to do something else. Yeah. Yeah. Which but, go ahead. That's yeah. A good, I, good transition for that. It, yeah. So yeah, if you're in the music world right now, man, you know, build those, those relationships, especially looking back, um, you know, no, no, what's another, you ever hear, you know, Tidal, Tidal? You know, like there's Apple Music and mm-hmm. like Spotify. Oh, t- yes, Title, the music company. Yeah, streaming. 
when I used to, there's, there's a, um, Wu-Tang was under SRC Records, which was Steve Rif- Rifkin Company. And I think he's the one, he's like put Wu-Tang on and Mob Deep and all that stuff. Mm. And uh, there's this guy I used to chat with from MySpace and on the phone. And he, he would, uh, we'd talk about artists and he would, he did the record label stuff for SRC and I would promote stuff in Phoenix for that record label. And I, you know, we got to know each other pretty well. We had a lot of conversations all the time. This is all phone, phone, phone and page, <laughs> pager conversations. So, um, but you know, you lose uh track, right? And yeah. literally like six months ago I was on LinkedIn. This guy's the vice president of title. Oh, wow. isn't that, you know what I mean? So I had, I hit him up on LinkedIn, like, Hey, remember me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but well, who knows? But, um, that's how important it is. Cause especially like there's that bond. I bet you if he's was to see that message or talk to me, he'd be like, yo, Mike, oh yeah. You remember right. the early days, right? You know, right. when it was a dream. Uh, so, so that I take that into where I, you know, what, what I'm doing now. Oh Yeah. Well, uh, that's that's cool because I know I know what you're talking about. The, uh, everybody else listening does not yet, but uh, understanding the relationships, if you had kept all of those now, how even though you're not so much in that music and producing world anymore, it still could it could actually get you back into it. It can. That's by, true. By relationships. Yeah, definitely can. So you are now currently the executive director of the Arizona Real Estate Investors Association. Yes, sir. And that is all about relationships, right? Big well, part of the puzzle for sure. Part the of most it, very yeah. impo- very important part of the puzzle. Yeah. See, everyone thought you were. I was going to be like an actor or something like that, <laughs> a musician. It's like do 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 do. Yeah, investors association. It's like, what? <laughs> what has this got to do with music? Well, here it is. Yeah, it's part of life. It's part of life. You know, music got you. I mean, if you hadn't heard that band back in high school and, and started, you know, getting the, the street team dream, you probably wouldn't even have ended up as the executive director of Azria. No, not at all. It's pretty Be- cool the way you said that, yeah. Yeah. It's true. You, you've, you've gone through a, a uh, path, brought through music, and ended up and dumped you out. And I wouldn't say dump because you're still going strong mm-hmm. <laughs> here. I mean, you're the man right now when it comes to certain aspects of real estate investment, if not all of them. And that's because you decided to do something with what knowledge you got gained and what excitement you had back then. Yeah. So, you know, music, it, it's an important so it, part of life. And, and you know, it's like full circle. So like one like is going to clarify, like I went, cause I met my wife at one of my concerts. Right. Uh, yes. So, so that's a huge part. And as we, you know, raised our family and grew together and wanted something better out of life, you know, we'd wa- we'll be watching HGTV, all those fix and flip shows. Mm. And you're like, Oh man, you know, you're working nine to five paycheck to paycheck. You got, got a mortgage, you got a son and like, you know, you want something better. And it's like, what can it be? I don't know what it is. And you're searching all the time, job hopping, whatever it is. And that always appealed to me. Obviously they show those big checks, 80 mm-hmm. grand, 90 mm-hmm. grand. And you're like, I want to do that. You know? Um, so you start getting curious and started trying to figure out what can I do, you know, uh, to change my life. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, was, um, was your wife a realtor at, uh, at the time? No, nope. She, she was always a hairstylist. So she was always in the, the hair salon beauty world here in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we actually, uh, what happened in the, in the recession, um, we actually, because in, in the salon world, you rent a booth and you pay booth rent. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, at, a, at a facility. Correct. And it's yeah. like per week or whatever. But when everything crashed and everything was kind of empty, we were like right across from our house was a little strip mall. And we we're like, you can rent this place out and pay the utilities for less than what you're paying the salon, <laughs> you know? Ooh. So we we're like, 
where like even if you just did your own clients in this place, you we won't we're, we'll break like you'll be paying the same thing. Like mm-hmm. you'll still make yeah. the same amount of money. Yeah. Um, so we took it out, man. We started a hair salon in Central Phoenix. <laughs> Uh-huh. So. Oh yeah, that was hers, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you were there. You uh, helped us with stuff. I was there. I remember I, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was slick looking too. I liked the way you guys worked that out and uh, set it up. That's funny. That's okay. So we didn't even talk about us. Yeah. So <laughs> kind of like our history. So they had the whole salon thing. My wife met my wife. We always wanted something better. So I I started looking into, um, you know, just real estate investing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know where you want to take it or how much time we got, but it all kind of leads, it all plays a piece of puzzle. Yeah, then why I was trying, when I first figured it out, I did one of the probably first networking events I probably ever went to. I met you and your wife. Yep. You That's know? When we were in the class with Barbara. Yep, exactly. That was huge. Yes, it was. Yeah, man. Yeah. Relationships. <laughs> and now I got to be on your show. Because of that, I met you 12 years ago, man. Like, <laughs> like it's just, it's wild how how that works, man. It is, and we're not done. We're not done together. I, I, no, not at all, I'll man. Tell you. So, yeah, I am, um, uh, when you, we were, in fact, I was, and now I'm shooting, you know, for your events. Yep, you are. See how, bro- see how it goes back to events? Yes, which, always which, goes back to events. Which you know, here, the, you know, so those listening, the Arizona Real Estate Investors Association, we, our missions to support, educate, provide networking opportunities and market information for real estate investors throughout the state of Arizona. And the organization has been around for 21 years in the Valley. Mm-hmm. So um, two years ago, I've been a member for 12 years. And I started teaching here about five years ago. And I uh, took over as executive director two years ago. Um, so, you know, so we have uh, monthly events, networking events about different t- topics around real estate investing, whether it's fix and flip, landlording, notes, wholesaling, raising money, rental properties, you name it, we cover it. Uh, but that kind of show, like, now I'm back in the same world because yeah. I am, I am, I don't want to say selling tickets, but like I have events. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm educating people. I need people to come. Yeah. Right. You know, they pay to come. Uh, not all our events are like that, but just to, just to compare it to the event world, it's like, yeah, I'm hosting events. I'm on the mic. I'm seeing it. And yeah. we, sure. we're trying to impact lives through real estate investing and teach people. But, you know, I, you bring your production in to record the event, right? So we got the sound going. We're always trying to figure it out. <laughs> you know, it's always so, so, we, so we don't yell at the sound man, though. No, no, no. no, no. We, we keep it never, quiet. Never. <laughs> <laughs> we don't go, F the sound man. <laughs> we don't do that here. All right. It's a happy place. That's yeah. a happy space. <laughs> and I think the, the music world and influence uh, as to where uh, my background, and I think, not saying like, I want to incorporate more music into our environment, but like, I think we're more laid back. So it's not stuffy. Mm-hmm. It's like not with suit and tie and financial numbers. It's just a bunch right. of great people doing yes. real estate, trying to change their lives. And, and you know, I wear t-shirt, jeans, and a hat, just like if I was at a concert hosting mm-hmm. the event. And, and uh, I think it's we changed the vibe a little bit from that aspect. Yeah, yeah. And it's definitely uh, more, uh, less stuffy because I'm there working, but yet I'm listening because it's mm-hmm. interesting. I'm not just sitting back there doing my job. It's it's always interesting information, always. So It's huge. It's Mike the Promoter. Yeah, man, and it and I didn't like. I don't know. I I knew I wanted to take over Azria like when I first started going there, but it was like a pipe dream. Like, oh, that'd be cool if I did this one day. And I mean, I kept a, re- a relationship. If we're talking about relationships, uh, there's a gentleman uh, that introduced me. I probably met him at Barbara's event. Mm-hmm. He introduced me because he was with Alan, the owner of Azria at the time, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's because of, you know I had a good relationship with that gentleman, and he made that connection for me. And then I stayed in touch with the owner of Ezria, like 
not missing out on this one, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that was my record label at the time, right? That was my right. comparison. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Mike, it's, this has been enlightening. And, you know, every time I talk to you, I learn something new. <laughs> if it's not about you, it's about something that is uh, useful in life, such as Thank you, you know, man. investing and everything you're doing there. So I so much appreciate you joining me, even though this is not your current realm, the music no, I part, love it. But it, it's a big part of what you've done. So it I is, appreciate man. you coming and talking with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. And like I said, a breath of fresh air. Like even like with the podcast, right? Like everything we do, it's, there's always, a, I, I truly will say, doing this podcast without a camera on me uh-huh. feels different <laughs> and it's kind of more like uh i don't know what's the freeing. word freeing it is like because yeah. you're like oh i gotta sometimes i feel like a little like a little booger coming out of my nose you know what i'm saying <laughs> i don't know if not saying there's really a booger but like you, you know sometimes you're like oh man i feel like i got something in my nose yeah. or something I t-. like you just feel i shouldn't i don't care what people think but you know you still want to you know look all crazy you don't want to look all crazy right now i'm just here i'm talking i'm looking my eyes i'm just like looking around swinging my chair you know <laughs> so it's, it's relaxing it's, it is it's a relaxed environment different pace yeah and uh tell me what you want people to know as far as how they can uh connect with you i know you're not doing the promoting thing anymore but um you know you may have some guiding knowledge and it may lead to another relationship which will help in your investing great man appreciate that you know for people listening i want you to make a decision to change your life right so real estate investing doesn't it's it's the biggest purchase of our life it's the biggest um american dream whatever we're told right um it's possible like i was just like everyone else just Still am, but you get what I'm saying. Like, I never mm-hmm. thought I would own a house. I always joke around and say, my uncle was a foreman at a landscape company. He'd take me to work. He would drink beer and operate heavy heavy machinery. And I thought that's where I was going, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So, yeah. so and and it's and it could be um, intimidating because it's like, oh, real estate investor, millionaire, or you know whatever it is. It's not that one house. I say, if you could buy one rental property, I don't care, and that's what all you do for the rest of your life, and you could maybe, uh, you know, take an extra vacation because of the extra money, or if there's an emergency and you could tap into some of your equity, or you never do any of that and you pass the house down to your grandkids or your your kids, um, that one house can change your life right and then once you do it once just like riding a bike or your first tattoo you're gonna be like i'm gonna do it again you know do it again that that's all i'm saying man it it does not this just this fancy lamborghini life it's just how can you can make your and it's not just about like flipping the house or or the cash flow there's other benefits around real estate so if you just check out our website azria a-z-r-e-i-a dot org check it out read something read our newsletter check out an event we're in central phoenix we do about 15 to 17 events a month around the state of arizona um come check us out you know and just dip your toe in the water yeah yeah it's a, it's a safe environment it's a safe space it's a learning space yeah and networking and networking so yes thank you so much michael that's mike thank dupree you. Executive Director of Ezria, Arizona Real Estate Investment Association, and former music promoter. So we appreciate you being here. Thanks for the information and the knowledge drop. Thank you all for coming and listening to this week's episode, and we hope to catch you on the next one. Music is the bad, music is the bad, music is the bad. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. For more information about this show and past episodes, go to www.musicthebedoflife.com. Please like, share, and subscribe to stay informed of new episodes. Join your host, Anthony V. Simuel, on the next quest to discover how music plays such an important part of our lives and the many individuals responsible for making it happen.